We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Well, 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 we are at your service. Hello, good afternoon. It is afternoon. You know, it's five minutes after 12 right now. And this is Johnny Rabbit. We're here on KMOX. Uh, the show is not here today. They've taken a well-deserved day off. They will return, well, two-thirds of them will return on Monday, but the other has moved on to another time area. Checking the KMOX calendar, we see that Christmas Eve is just 29 days away. And to prove that the season is really upon us, I heard from Travis Dillon at Ted Drew's Frozen Custard that the trees are available as we speak right now, first time today. Get a Dottie tree. They're the best. Selection and quality is terrific. Better than the last couple of years, he said. And while you're tree shopping, I do suggest having and enjoying a Johnny Rabbit chocolate-covered cherry concrete. I, I, well, well, let's talk about birds and oddities and cartoons. And who better to talk about that? It's Dan Martin. Dan is here from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Are you at the Post today working? Uh, no, no. But I, I'm working at home. Uh, uh I, I draw everything at home right now. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I go in and pick up art supplies and mail, and uh-huh. sometimes I'll work. But uh, most of us non-essential employees are working at home still. Who could be more essential? What do you mean <laughs> non? That's pretty scary. I'm You're a non-essential kind, employee. <laughs> oh, that's scary. Uh, you may – I don't know if you know the name, Dan Martin. You might know it from uh, books that he's put out. Uh through the Post-Dispatch, one, he is, uh, oh, this is a good one, 50 years of our own oddities. That uh, was great. I, it was in the Sunday comic section. And I, I never missed it. I mean, I I've saw every issue, and I don't know how many years. How many years? 50 it, years? It went 50 years, 40 yeah. 40-something? Uh, uh, Ralph Grazek drew it for 50 years, and uh, that, that's a Post-Dispatch book. I just wrote the the uh, introduction to it. Mm-hmm. Uh the dedication, but I, I knew Ralph, and he was a terrific guy. And Ralph's son, Ralph Grazak Jr., naturally was yeah. right here, right, right, right in this studio. He worked for many years for for KMOX Radio. I think he uh, teaches golf or something. I I, I don't know, but uh, a, a swell guy. He's a nice guy. as his dad. In fact, uh, his one of Ralph's daughters lives pretty close to me in Sunset Hills, and um, and Ralph was just a, a real character. And interestingly enough, he grew up in Carondelet with Amity. That's how Ralph got his job at the, at the Post-Dispatch. That's how it is. Now, and, you know, we know about all these things, and somebody would say, grew up with Amity. What's an Amity? <laughs> is it kind of a disease or something? I grew up with Amity. Well, well it's, <clears throat> it's a rash. They've, they've, it's cleared up. Uh, but uh, Amity was uh, the great Post-Dispatch weatherbird and sports cartoonist, and he drew the weatherbird for 50 years. Oh, boy. And... Uh, uh, he was a, a, one of my mentors, mm-hmm. and an, another mentor of mine was Al Schweitzer, 
who will be 101 next month. Oh, my gosh. Yes, good. happy birthday, Al. Yes, happy. Uh, and uh, so Ralph and Amity were two street urchins on the streets of Minnesota Avenue and Carondelet, and Amity uh, got a job at the paper. He joined the art department in 1929 and started drawing the bird in 32 and stopped in 81. Now, you have drawn the weather bird since? 1986. That's a long time. It seems like a long time, time yes, yes. Uh, chances are I'm going to uh, retire next year, but I'll Uh-oh. continue to work part-time drawing the bird, which oh, is full-time good. from the paper. Good. So, uh, well, the I, history of the bird, the weather bird. They, when you have a weather bird book right here, then it's, it's a cute book. I've looked through this so many times. It's a foreword by Mike Peters. We'll talk mm-hmm. about him in a moment. Sure. Um, the oldest continuously running daily cartoon in American journalism, the weather bird. Believe it or not. Wow. <laughs> so what What was the year? Was uh, February 11th, 1901. Gosh. And uh, so... He, he was started, created by a cartoonist for the paper named Harry B. Martin. No relation? No relation. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he drew it for a few years, and then another guy took over, uh, Oscar Chopin, you know, Kate Chopin's son. I didn't know that. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I stumped Johnny Rabbit. I you can't believe did. it. <laughs> Kate Chopin's son. I had no idea. And then about oh. 1910, another Martin took over, Carlisle Martin, and drew it to 1932. Uh and Carlisle Martin and Harry Martin knew each other, but out of the six artists that have drawn the Weatherbird, uh, three of us have been named Martin, and no, no, none of us have been related, believe it or not. That is really a, kind of strange. That, that's a good St. Louis trivia question. It, it really is. Uh, so and these books we're talking about, I have another one we're going to, to mention. They are available probably on Amazon. Amazon, um, yes. I, they're, they're still on Amazon. Uh, uh, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch Weatherbird is one. Uh, another is Our Own Oddities, which was at... Well, what was our? What? How do you describe our own oddities for people who might not know? Uh, think of it as St. Louis version of Ripley's Believe It or Not. In okay. fact, that was the inspiration for it. That um, uh, Joseph Pulitzer thought that this is Joseph Pulitzer the second, the founder's son, thought that someone should have their name in the paper aside from when they were born and when they died, and so they came to Ralph and he created something called St. Louis Oddities. And after a couple of years, it just morphed into our own oddities, and it was a big deal. And uh, I was in it when I was, uh, my, my father was in it, both of us were in it uh, when I was in high school, and and everyone saw it, and everyone, we must have got a dozen phone calls and mail from friends and family all over, because once you were in the oddities, in the Sunday paper, you were a celebrity. Now, why were you in it? My dad had a camper truck on the side of the truck, you know how people would see uh, Johnny Rabbit and, and Sons? Mm-hmm. Well, my father and I shared the same name, so he got a... He painted it Dan Martin and Father. Oh, this is a quirky thing, and someone saw it on the street and called in to uh, Ralph and he put it in the paper. Oh my gosh! Yeah, isn't that great? Well, it's too bad that that's not around anymore. That'd be a lot of fun. I, I, I do know Ralph it, a tremendous amount of time. I tried to do. Uh, we sort of did a an homage to Ralph on one of the anniversaries, Jeff Daniels and myself, and uh, uh, it just never. Uh, it's just too darn much work. Yeah, uh, I can imagine. Yes. So uh, now. The cartoon, the weather bird, is in every day. Right. I mean, every day. That's not like weekdays only or something, but no, how, do, how do you keep up with this? And if you're doing it from home, how do, you do, how do you decide or does somebody say, okay, we want you to do a weather bird talking about such and such? Well, uh, you know, all of us work at home. We're plugged. We're, my screen at home looks exactly like my screen downtown. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I deal with the news editor, uh, the night news editor, Brent Fisher, and he gives me a budget of the 
stories that are going to be on the front page uh-huh. that day, and then I pick the subject. I see. And then I uh, go downstairs and draw it and scan it in and write the bird line for it and send everything back to Brent <laughs> uh, wherever he's working. That's terrific. What, what's your deadline? Uh, we we do it about uh, five or six, and, you know, usually I have an hour, a couple of hours to work on it. Mm-hmm. I'm a yeah, how big, how big is it? When you do the drawing, what's the, I mean, it's small. In it's the paper. small there, but it's about twice the size, uh, sometimes three times the size of what you see published in the paper every day. Now, you put the color in it as well? Put the color in it and, and write a dozen bird lines for Brent to choose from, and uh, and away we go. Oh, that's great. A combination of talents to go to work. To, <laughs> that little teeny tiny thing. You know, a lot of people just don't even, they just take it for granted that it's going to be. I look for it. Uh, it's just like uh, salt and pepper on the editorial page of uh, the Wall Street Journal. Right. Uh, I always look. That's the first thing I look at, and the, and the editorial page is a little cartoon. First thing I look at on the front page of the Post-Dispatch is your friendly weather bird right down there in the right-hand corner. Thank you, Johnny. Uh, well, you know, people ask, why this quirky thing? Well, it's sort of the same quirky reason why the New York Times has that little box at the top that says all the news that's fit to print, or yeah. why the Chicago Tribune has the American flag on the front. It's just a tradition it makes us unique uh, in the newspaper world, and St. Louisans have loved it since 1901. Absolutely. But we're going to come back and uh, talk to Dan a little more, a bit more about some cartooning and cartoonists and some with a St. Louis connection. Oh, I have to mention one that I don't, you said you weren't familiar with, Cranberry Boggs. That that doesn't ring a bell. I, I would have to Google that. I'm you sorry, Johnny. To. I mean, I have not Googled it, but Cranberry Boggs was a, uh, on in the post. Um, I'm not sure how many years. It was um, in print from 1945 to 1949. It seems like it was in there maybe that length of time. It was in the front page of the uh, the cartoons, of the comics, uh-huh. right at the bottom. And it was kind of a takeoff on Little Abner. It was, ah, but okay. from the uh, New England theme or whatever, huh. Cranberry Bogs. Well, uh, I, 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 had, I was uh, just trying to remember, but I know it was in the 40s, in the late 40s, and I think right right around the end of World War II, up to right at 1949. So check into Cranberry Bogs. I, I, I will. That's the kind of cartoon trivia I love to, to hunt. Well, we're going to uh, hunt some more cartoon trivia with a guy who knows all about this, Dan Martin. And this is Johnny Rabbit. We're at your service, and this is KMOX. Wex. It's interesting. You might want to know what people talk about when they're sitting around. We're not on the air. There's Dan Martin is here. He's he's the weather bird himself. Uh, and he, you do other cartoons. You do that Saturday uh, editorial cartoon. I do. Uh, not tomorrow, but uh, for 26 years I've been drawing Postcard from Mound City, which is sort of a political social cartoon about all things St. Louis. And when we were uh, listening to the, not really listening to the commercials, I wonder if people really listen to the commercials. I don't know. We were not listening. I know they were on. Uh, I know some somebody was talking. We were just talking about uh, radio stations and how they come up with the call letters of radio stations. Uh-huh. You know, uh, and a lot of people don't even have to talk about call letters anymore. They talk about, you know, just a, a slogan for the station becomes right. the call letter, so to speak. But they all do have and required by the Federal Communications Commission call letters. And there, there are some limitations. If you're west of the Mississippi, you have to start with a K. East, right. you start with a W. And uh, and sometimes they're, uh, they want to have a name that sounds like, I remember, Katie. I, I um, there was K-A-D-Y and K-A-D-I. That's the guy I wanted to, for a while they called it the Katie Twins. And uh. So a lot of times there are things there yeah, or they'll use, um, I, I have no idea why this just came to mind because it was an awful slogan, uh, K-G-R-V. 
I have no idea what that is today. It's on the air somewhere because a lot of dial positions have had several call letter changes over the years. But KGRV and their slogan was music for groovy grown-ups. <laughs> so sometimes things just don't work out that well. Now, see you in the funny papers here. This is a rich tradition of St. Louis cartooning. We're going to talk about these things with, with Dan Martin. Um, and you uh, take it from there as far as St. Louis cartoonists. Oh, uh, we've got a whole uh, string of them. But, but, you know, there's a famous cartoonist connected with Cam X. I bet you didn't know that, John. I did not know that. Uh, Lee Falk, uh, who was raised in St. Louis and uh, went to Solden and University of Illinois. Uh, he produced and directed radio plays uh, for KMOX when the, the station was still in the Mart building. And in 1934, he created the famous Mandrake the Magician comic strip. One of my absolute favorites. Oh, mine too. Mine too. Uh, and then in 1936, he created the Phantom comic strip. And uh, the artists for those at one time or another worked in the Shell building down the street or the uh, uh, the Louderman building downtown here. Uh, but the Phantom was first drawn by Ray Moore, a post-dispatch cartoonist, and he lived out in De Pere. And when he died, his widow lived in the house. Then she donated the land to the Missouri Department of Conservation. So if you go out to De Pere off Dartery Ferry Road you can find a beautiful little hiking park called Phantom Forest. Oh, that's I stumped why Johnny, really? <laughs> Have I, you ever yeah, seen that before? I've heard the, I've heard <laughs> the name, and I'm, why do they call it Phantom Forest? It's all in you. Know, of course, you know, the Phantom, a lot of people think, was, you know, the beginning of the first superhero, the yeah, one with I white so. eyes and right. things like that. And Superman didn't come along until 1939, so St. Louis can kind of claim the first superhero also. It's wonderful, wonderful story. That is terrific. And, I, and what about Prince Valiant? Oh, what a great uh, comic strip that was. Uh, and after Hal Foster left years ago, mm -hmm. uh, John Cullen Murphy was the cartoonist on it. And uh, his family helped him produce the strip. And it was his daughter, Meg Nash, lives in Webster Groves. And uh, she was doing the coloring on it, I think. Um, but the other big shots in town, the Blondie, Chick Young, mm -hmm. was is from uh, St. Louis. His house is still down on Oregon Avenue. He went to McKinley High School. And, of course, uh, he created a strip about a flapper who married a rich railroad tycoon's son. And uh, the railroad tycoon's son, if you marry that floozy, <laughs> I'm going to cut you off. But he married Blondie anyway. And that yeah. was the beginning of the Blondie comic strip. And George McManus, who drew... Uh, Bringing Up Father is a St. Louisan, and a cartoonist named Mike Peters, who does Mother oh, Goose and Grimm, yeah. that a lot of St. Louisans remember his mother, Charlotte Peters. Sure, absolutely. And that uh, that's still around. So, oh, yes, uh, yes, going strong. And Mike lives in Florida and is a terrific guy and a Pulitzer Prize winner for his Dayton Daily News editorial cartoons. Hmm. Uh, these are wonderful St. Louis connections that people probably don't know about. Well, one of my favorites is we could throw a rock and hit this, is over at on Market Street at 16th, where the post office is, around the turn of the century, uh, 16th went all the way through, and right on that corner facing Market was a vaudeville house, People's the People's Palace Theater. And that's where Cliff Edwards got his start in show business. Cliff Edwards from Hannibal, he sold yeah. 74 million records, huge Broadway movie star. And in 1940, he auditioned for the... Walt Disney for the voice of Jiminy Cricket. Yeah. Uh, and so when people hear When You Wish Upon a Star, 
you could look over here and know his show business start, right started there. right here on Market. 16th and Market. Yeah. The People's Palace Theater is a great name for a Correct. theater. We had a lot of theaters, I'll tell you. I, have you done any cartooning as far as uh, animation? Uh, I, I have not. That's really sort of a discipline to its own and very tough and... Uh, to do that, people have to be an artist, and they, and also they do have to be uh, uh, an actor as well. Um, and that brings me to uh, uh, Glenn and Gary McCoy over on over in Belleville. Glenn has done a lot of work on the uh, on animation, uh, writing gags and storylines for the, the for the Minions movies. Oh my goodness! Yes, and also in town wow. we have Steens, who does a young woman from St. Louis, who does Heart of the City. Uh, Jeff Weigel does the Sunday Phantom. He still lives in the St. Louis area. Rick Burkett, a famous comics, comic book artist. Um, and so there's still a lot of great cartoonists and illustrators still working in St. Louis. We'll have to do a program sometime at the Missouri History Museum. Oh, you know, we, we, yes. We've, I've, I've helped out a little bit have. here and there on that. With Those are great programs. I'm so pleased that you, you packed the audience on that. I am, too. It's very <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, well, it's it, it's easy to pack them when it's free. That's right. <laughs> it would be different if it was it's ten dollars a ticket. Worth, right? I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, it'd be something to do a whole show on on cartoons and sure. on, uh, because there'd be a lot of visuals. I mean, this is not just talking. We can't show any visuals. We can't show. We can't show, and we probably wouldn't even want to show uh, a picture of Howard the Duck. <laughs> Howard the Duck, yes, uh, Mr. Gerber, who is from St. Louis. Steve Gerber went to St. Louis U. We worked together at. at, at Katie Radio. Really? Yeah. Really? He was the public affairs director. And actually, he, he has a pretty strong niche in comic book history. And, uh, you know, the, the movie that was made from the comic book was sort of a f- famous for being so bad. But, yeah, you know, it was. It, it, it's sort of a bad rap on the whole comic character that he invented. Howard the Duck. Uh, what, what was he? he had a slogan? Uh, in a it's something that in a world he didn't create. Right, right. something like I can't something, remember something that. like that. You've got uh, a, a cast here with you today. Like the Peanut Gallery is sort of like being on the Howdy Doody <laughs> show or something. We look through the glass. Look at the there's a studio audience. That's my fan club. Isn't that nice? <laughs> Why they're all packed in there like sardines. My wife Chris and my son Ben. Yes. Uh-huh. So they have to look at this, all this nerdy stuff. So they're tired of putting up with me. <laughs> I don't think so. No, well, you, so you're going out to lunch now. We are. Where are we you going to go? What have you made? made well, plans? what kind of recommendations do you have? Oh, John? I don't. I don't know. It's it's too hard to make a, just a, a general <laughs> recommendation. It's and we'll, we'll uh, find something. What what would you do? Where where do you think you'll go? Where, uh, do you like to go? Uh, do you go out a lot? Uh, for for Hansbury, maybe we haven't been down there in a while. Uh, and, you know, the newspaper crowd, since the Missouri Bar and Grill closed yeah, up a while you, ago, we've lost our do? hangout. Right. So we've kind of adopted uh, O'Connell's or a couple places on Washington Avenue. But it's weird not having a newspaper bar to go to anymore. Yeah, that's true. That that certainly was. And they, Bismarck had a little of that at one time as uh, well. They did. That's when 12th Street was Newspaper Row, where you had the Post-Dispatch on right down here in Olive, across the street on that empty lot where the bank is now was the Star Times. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the Globe Democrat building that built in 31 is up at Cole and uh, in North 12th Street, Tucker Boulevard. And that's that's the Post-Dispatch's home from 1960 to just a few years ago when yeah. we moved also. So what's in there today? Square? Square, yes. That... Square. Huge. Have you been in the building since it's been redone? I have. I was lucky enough to get in. It's They've just done an amazing job. What I've heard. I've not been in. Skylights, and it's just uh, it's incredible. But... 
uh, out of historic preservation, they had to keep some of the stuff, including Joseph Pulitzer's office. And, oh, uh, great. Yes, and some other uh, artifacts that, you know, that history demanded that they keep around. You know, if you had to, if, not, not if you had to, you have to now, tell me your favorite cartoon. Oh, that's a tough one. Beside like... the Weatherbird. <laughs> Other than the Weatherbird, do you have one? Okay, this is it. This is the one. This is the one for whatever reason. Well, you know, um, I've been really fond of Beetle Bailey, yes. and I got to know Mort Walker. And uh, as you know, Mort probably went to Mizzou and spent two of his war years at Wash U learning how to be an architectural engineer before he got shipped overseas. So he knew St. Louis pretty well. But Beetle Bailey, and I guess if I had to pick something – Aside from Mother Goose, it might be Pogo, which might oh, which good, is yeah, uh, good choice. Yes, but uh, contemporary speaking, uh, in the comics we have uh, Pickles and Pearls Before Swine, two comics that are uh, being produced today that are two of my favorites. I think are hilarious. Thank you, Dan. Our comedic episode is over. Dan Martin and the <laughs> Weatherbird and the uh, the whole fan club have been here talking with us about uh, seeing each other in the funny papers sometimes. And we'll see you in the paper in the morning, too. Thank you, Johnny. Read the Post-Dispatch. You got it. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. You're That's welcome. Dan Martin. My name is Johnny Rabbit. Our program today, a special edition of At Your Service. Thanks. Well, KMOX News Time is 1235. Donate a car, get a tax receipt, and tickets to the St. Louis Aquarium at MERSGoodwill.org. I mean, just uh, before he left, I was talking to Joe DiGregori about uh, something on his book. It is now the number one best-selling book, the book about the hill, uh, the number one best-selling Amazon travel guide Midwest book. Um, they've sold quite a few copies of them. Speaking of books, I have a book over here that is one of my favorites. If I can get it out from under all the papers uh, for our guest right now. Look at that, Suzanne. Oh, I know that cover oh, anywhere. Yes, you do. The Unique Eats and Eateries of St. Louis. That's a beautiful cover. Uh, Suzanne Corbett wrote the book. She's here with us right now. We're not really talking about the book. I guess you can still get the book, though. Oh, you certainly can. There's all kinds of great locations in there where you can go and eat up all the great stuff in St. Louis. It was my 100 top picks. Oh. Or maybe it's 99. Oh. We've had a few that's kind of didn't get through oh, sure. the pandemic. Well, of course. No, yeah, that's a, that's a problem. You know, some of these are probably not around anymore. Well, just a few, but you know what? The ones that are are, oh, go in and order up a full plate. You won't be sorry. Amigo Joe's. I mean, I've seen that over in Southwest many times. Haven't gone in. What do you what do you say about Amigo Joe's? Fried chicken. Fried chicken. Mexican fried chicken. What is well, with a side of enchiladas, I mean, you can't can go you, wrong. You can't, you can't go wrong with that. In fact, Mexican food right now is pretty good after all that turkey. Well, yes. Yeah. Well, in life, I, yeah, did you have turkey? Of course I did. I had two different kinds. We had manicotti. You did? Uh-huh. Ooh, that sounds really good. Three vegetarians in the family and well, turkey we, was... Well, we have a, uh, a new friend that's a vegetarian and, uh, and uh, it kind of challenged me to try to go beyond the bird, uh-huh. so... I, th- I think we did okay. We had great squash that was uh, mm. that I roasted and I seasoned with a Louisiana smoked cane sugar syrup. That you, it's <laughs> it, it's, it's a delight. It's a delicacy of the plantation country down in Louisiana. Oh boy, that, but you know what you've just said. I don't know how to even fix that because you're a food expert. I mean, the average person's not going to be able to do all this fancy stuff. Oh, sure. Well, that's not that fancy. You just cut up an acorn squash, uh-huh. scrape out the seeds yep. and all the stringy stuff, and roast it uh, 
down into a pan with a little bit of water, bring it back up, sprinkle it with a little bit of syrup if you'd like. And I threw some fresh thyme leaves in it, baked it until it's about, oh, about 35 minutes at about 345 degrees. And da-da, there you go. You've got a great vegetarian dish. That's, it sounds really, really good. Oh, it is good. And if you want the gilded lily, a handful of cheese on something, it's always good. Speaking of gilded, you have uh, the gilded age. What is it? The, the gilded, gilded table. Table of Saint Louis. The gilded table that focuses on the history and the recipes of the Campbell House, right down the street yeah. from the studios. Fifteenth and Locust. What a beautiful place to visit. Oh, particularly right now. And on Wednesday, it is the house tour that uh, is done every year that features Campbell House along with other locations throughout the city. I think. I think this year we're at the. Field House mm-hmm. and the Demonil House. And I'll be in the kitchen stirring up something what, fun. What kitchen? I'll be at the Campbell House, oh, good. of course. That's where I usually see you. At, That's you where you're going to see me. Bit. I'll have a hoop skirt on and uh, my sleeves rolled up. And I'll, I think I'm going to be uh, steaming some plum pudding and oh, and who goodness. knows what else. It just kind of depends on what's at the local market. Where where do you go for the local market? Where Where do you shop? Well, you know... Whenever I can have a chance, I go down to Soulard Market. You know, I wrote the book, Pushcarts and Stalls, yes. the Soulard yeah. Market History Cookbook, and their spice shop there is one of the best places that you can go to get all those spices you need for all the holiday goodies that from from stick cinnamon and whole cloves to nutmeg hmm. and allspice and just everything that smells like the holidays. Yeah. It's like, oh, that yeah, all, that's great. great. And that is, that's been there a long time. It has been there a long time, and it's, it is a mainstay that you can use for your shopping throughout the year. And a lot of people don't realize that it is open throughout the winter. They just think it's a farm market, mm-hmm. but it's so much more. It is a central market that has been serving St. Louisans for decades, yeah, decades. Since the late 1700s. That's, I mean, well, that's, uh, that's old. Well, the original property, yes. Uh, the new market, or I that should was, say the old marketplace, really dates to like 1850-something uh, or the, 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 the exact yeah, date right. escapes me. But and then there's new, new, I shouldn't say new building. It's not a new, but probably almost 100 years old. Oh, it's over 100 years old. It's closer to 200 years old now <laughs> considering the city is, you know, sure. more than that. They're open every day? I, You know, I'm not sure. I'd have to check on that. Mm-hmm. I think it is... Closed on Mondays and Tuesdays, maybe, but I know the weekends going down for the weekends, which is when yeah. everybody shops. Anyway. And uh, you, know, you want to join a crowd to go to the Soulard Market? Yeah, like on a Saturday. Oh boy, it's it's going to be very very busy. Now you've been, well, you're always busy. You're always going somewhere. You just have gone somewhere and have just returned almost hours ago. Just this week from well, where? It seems like it was hours ago. Yeah. I'm still on jet lag. I'll bet. I had the opportunity to go to. Basque Country. Have you ever been to Basque Country? No, never. Do you know where Basque Country is? No. It is in Spain. It's Spain's Basque Country, and it is in the northern region of Spain, and it is a combination of just beautiful seasides to valleys Hmm. and mountains. It's it's a little bit uh, south of the Pyrenees, western edge of the country, and it has just a climate that is delightful uh, with a diversity of small medieval villages such as wow. LaGuardia where I happen to find some pincho bars and some other interesting things. But what, I brought you this today. That? These are little uh, 
I'm going to pass it over to you. There are little breadsticks that they use what to have their nibbles are. and bites, but they have an interesting culture. They're called pincho bars or huh. pinchu bars. It's sort of like a tapas, but it's really not a tapas, but it has the same mentality of a um, small plate and a tapas. So I guess if small plates and tapas would have a love child, it would be it a pincho bar. Ah. So they're a little more creative. Pincho means pierce, so you have toothpicks, a lot of them, that uh-huh. are placed in things, but they're absolutely d- delightful. It's, it's a, you go out and you go from pincho bar to pincho bar. You have one or two of these little small plates, and oh, you please. move on and maybe have some of the local wine or the cider, which is absolutely divine. What type of cider is it? Apple cider. Apple cider. And oh. it's different varieties. There is one location that you can go to that's... Just uh, uh, in the valleys of the Basque region, just a little bit uh, the other about about an hour or so outside of Bilbao, which is the mm-hmm. largest city in Basque country, Basque country, and you can sample six or seven different varieties at this one little eatery that's there, and and then the trick is there are huge barrels. You tap the spigot, and you have to quickly put your <laughs> mug under that because it comes spearing out. And, and those that are local know how to line up and not be able to spill a drop. <laughs> it's fascinating. Oh, yeah, and then real. you've got a chance to, to engage in the local seafood that is there oh, the, and also the wonderful Spanish beef. Spanish beef? What is? I've heard of Italian beef. Well, what is Spanish beef? Well, it's we're talking the cattle, the steers, because you have to remember all those Texas Longhorns. Mm-hmm. Their great, 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 great granddaddy. This came from the Spanish when they brought them over here when they founded uh, their colonies mm-hmm. in the United States. What's and the language there? Basque. They speak of a, a Basque, which is um, sort of like a uh, it's it's its own separate language, mm-hmm. much like Ukrainian and Russian. It, it's similar, but it, it is really a delightful listen to. It's, 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 you, the culture is fantastic. Do you and, understand the language? Who me? No. Do they understand English? Do you, can you... It, there are so many English-speaking uh, people, and many of the, uh, many of the, uh, signs and the literature and the places you tour is all in English. So it is very welcoming to any English speaker. So you can find your way around. It is one of the most welcoming places I have ever visited. And it's, it's such a delight. That says a lot because you visited a lot of places. Oh, And well, your career. What is your career? What? How do you describe yourself? Well, I'm a frustrated actress that uh, <laughs> started to cook. Actually, and uh, I, I started as a caterer and a confectioner, mm. and then I began teaching, and then I always had a love for history, and that took me into the next level where a curator from the county parks took one of my cooking classes and said, if you could come out to Jefferson Barracks and, and do some kind of a food program, I think it would be great. You could... Stay here and enjoy yourself. Come in a costume if you want. And that was the beginning of the infliction of my love with history, food history. And here I am today doing 
writing and foodways interpreting with the national parks and other local sites, and I have the opportunity to travel and learn more about food and culture and the history of food. And that's what we're going to do in just a couple of minutes. Learn more about food, about culture, about the St. Louis food, and where to find. Can you get Basque food in St. Louis? No, you can't, but you know what? If you want to go to Basque Country, just go BasqueCountry.com and find out, or the uh, uh, visit Spain.com, and you can get all kinds of information there. Very good. Suzanne Corbett's our guest. We'll be right back. At your service, Johnny Rabbit, KMOX. This is Johnny Rabbit. At your service, we were just talking off the air here with uh, Suzanne Corbett. And they've, how do you decide, what is your title? If you said, if somebody's okay, what, what, what are you, uh, do you have a title? What do you do? You, you're uh, an entrepreneur, your own business, so to speak? Oh, I've done all kinds of things. But Suzanne Corbett today is a food writer, culinary uh, historian, and food waste interpreter. And you've given me three uh, things here that you write for right now. Right, Louis, I write for Gazelle. Gazelle. Gazelle Gaz- magazine. But there's no magazine anymore, technically, a physical magazine. Every once in a while, in a blue moon, they'll, they'll print one for a special. Mm-hmm. But it is an online piece. So check that out. And also <laughs> stlsportspage.com on their food and travel editor for the sports fan. And you'd be surprised all the fun things I come up with. And who runs that? That's Rob and Sally Rains. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's a familiar, both familiar names. Right, and West News Magazine that's out in West County and Mid-Rivers News Magazine. So Mid-Rivers would not, where, where would that be? That's St. Charles. Okay. St. Charles. And are these, is that an actual magazine or those two? Or are this, they're, though they're actually print and online. West News and Mid-Rivers. Let's say if I wanted a West News, obviously I'd have to go to West County. Well, uh you probably do. Yeah. Otherwise, look online and then hit the tab, and you can have it arranged, delivered to your mailbox. So those are, do you write for them every week? I write for them as the assignments come through. Mm-hmm. So I'm in there at least once a month or so. That's and I a, usually that's a do lot. restaurant uh, critiques and, and other programming things. Like I do have a cookie story that's coming up in West News Magazine on cookie tips and, and uh, baking for the holidays. And I just did a uh, piece that just came out, I believe it was last Friday, that features the holiday traditions of historic St. Louis, which is the huge event that's coming out on December 3rd that features nearly 20 different historic sites and homes throughout the St. Louis region on both St. Louis, St. Louis County, and our friends on the east side. And what is this? Where, Where do people get this? Uh, you Fine. can go online to Historic St. Louis. Historic St. Louis. It's all of the historic sites. It's one way to promote each other's sites and mm-hmm. to promote history and uh, the holiday traditions that are practiced at each site. I will be at at the Lysses Grant Historic Site at Whitehaven. I'll probably be doing gingerbread again because oh, that's what Grant loved. That was his favorite cake. <laughs> I'll be done. And I have recipes for the... The ginger biscuits that Lincoln liked, and I have a little story to talk about that. Uh, Campbell House will be open that day as well, mm-hmm. and uh, Sappington House. So you can kind of do a, a grant tour if you want. You can make your own oh, sure. tour, you know, pick a theme. You want to do all north sides, you could do all north sides. You want to do the east side, or if you want to do a theme like Grant, then you can hit places that Grant lived or 
was in his neighborhood like Sappington or Whitehaven and the Campbell House. Now, we were, I was asking you off air about Basque food. Can't get mm-hmm. that in St. Louis. No, unfortunately, we haven't a Basque restaurant yet, but maybe we'll work on it and see if we can't inspire someone. But we've got some great know. Spanish yeah. tapas down at Guido's that are just on the hill. Yep. The real thing, authentic. Yeah, they're they're very, very good. Maybe we could talk to him about incorporating some pinchos into the menu. You never know. Who knows? Oh. Guido's, it's, uh, we talked a bit with uh, Joe uh, DiGregorio. I heard him that. on, yeah. He's an interesting fellow. He I knew his nice father. Guy. I guess it was his father, yeah, Roland. Roland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we did tours together years ago when I was teaching at St. Louis Community College and at the Lindbergh uh, Delta Ed where we would bring tours up to the hill and Roland would lead us through, and we'd eat our way through the hill. It was great. <laughs> it was it wonderful. Was. Well, what do you have in that? you got a little package I in have front a little pack, and I, I brought you gifts from Spain. I know. This is another nice little gift. Now, this wasn't from Basque Country, but on my way out, we stopped at Madrid. Mm-hmm. And what do you do when you only have less than 24 hours to spend in Madrid before you get on a plane? You tour around the back streets and the oh, sure. thoroughfares and you mingle with the people. And I found the most wonderful shops, bakeries, but I found a confectioner that specialized in violet flavored candies and pastries. And these are some little violet, uh, violet little sugared uh, mm. sweets. Oh, that looks good. Little, little candies. That I think you're going to enjoy. Oh, there are two little tiny candies. That's cute. And a cute little package, too. It's, you know, it's a something I ran ribbon. across. We were at the oh, uh, Four Seasons, oh, nice. and we just, just two blocks away from there, from our digs there, that we could find all these little shops. Now, when you did this tour, was this with a group or a, a, a culinary group or just by yourself? Oh, no. It was a culinary theme group that I was honored to be invited to to go and learn about the culture and the cuisine of the area and mm-hmm. I learned so much I just can't wait to share it all good well we're going to hear more I hope from you and see you soon and it's uh it's this Wednesday coming up it's that's the Campbell House and the Demonel and the Whitehaven Wednesday is the uh historic house tour the house tour which is with Field Demonel and Campbell House and then historic St. Louis is December 3rd which takes uh, in account all of the historic sites that are members, which are 20-plus people, mm-hmm. uh, twenty plus organizations and houses. A lot of things to do. A lot of things to do for the holidays, uh, thank besides you for the trimming gifts. the trees. Oh, oh, yeah, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Suzanne. Thank you. Very much. Thanks for the gifts, too. This is Johnny Rabbit. We're on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. For a 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.